Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast. Tonight, we'll be talking about Baker versus Burrow, both number one draft picks, both starting quarterbacks, both play in the AFC North. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast, the super fan take football today. So this year's number one draft pick was Joe Burrow. How do you think he looked after week two? He obviously threw 316 yards and had three touchdowns, but he did have that costly turnover. What did you think? Um, Joe Burrow is, uh, is going to be a great quarterback. I mean, he's going to make mistakes. But Joe Burrow has a, you know, a quarterback and a coach, too, uh, with Zach Taylor. And uh, Zach Taylor was a quarterback himself in college, actually. Um, was a quarterback's coach at, uh, I believe, St. Louis uh, before he became the head coach at Cincinnati. Um, so he's got the, the right person for the job to kind of push him in the right direction. He's going to be a good quarterback in the league. You know, it takes a couple years to kind of get in there, but, uh, you know, he's on his way. Uh, I think he was one of the uh, biggest shining moments of, or biggest shining parts of Cincinnati. They didn't have a lot to, to kind of look forward to, um, but I think it's only going to get better with uh, Joe Burrow under center, you know. He, he threw for over, I believe, uh, 60 times. Which is a lot. For, uh, That's a lot. Time. Yeah, 60 times in a, in a game. Uh, you know, Troy Aikman uh, commentating it said that you know, he threw his first 50 times in, in three weeks. So, yeah, that's, that's a lot of time to throw the ball. But uh, he also holds that record now of uh, throwing the ball. He's the only rookie to throw the ball 60 times and not record an interception with it. Um, so he's, he's going to be good. You know, part of the, the young uh, core that uh, Cincinnati's going to look to get. Uh, and that's, that's what they're going to do to look at, to get better. They're going to try and get more weapons around them probably in the next coming years, too. You know, A.J. Green yeah. is still coming off that injury. Yeah, AJ AJ Green is uh, like you said he's he's coming off that injury. Maybe that's part of the problem um, that he's still kind of you know dealing with that injury a little bit. Some people might say that you know AJ Green can face out as the number one receiver, um, and that they're they're starting to look elsewhere for uh, receivers. Um, AJ Green is at the end of his contract, so he could be um, you know looking at his future ahead of time, uh, but. Uh, a lot of people in fantasy uh, are kind of shying away from A.J. Green because the last couple seasons his, his scores have gone down. Obviously, last year he was out all season with the injury. Uh, but even the year before that, you could see that his fantasy points were trending downward. Yeah, and Andy Dalton wasn't you know performing well then either for them, so that probably was why he was trending downward. Yeah. Do you think um, Baker Mayfield shut down his doubters after his performance? You know, I know you're a Browns fan, so I wanted to get your take on it. <laughs> I, I am a big Browns fan, so I try, try to be unbiased here. Uh, I am a big Mayfield fan, too. Um, I was uh, very happy when, when the Browns selected uh, Mayfield uh, with the number one overall pick. I don't think he has completely got rid of his doubters with one game. Uh, Mayfield has constantly been um, very good on nationally televised games, especially Thursday night games. Um, I believe their record on Thursday night games with Mayfield under center is about three and zero or four. Though I'm not positive on that, but three and zero or four and zero. So he always performs well uh, on the national stage. Um, so I don't think he put it, and he still threw that costly interception at the end of the game. And you know, listening to his interview after the game, he was bothered by that. Um, but that's that's things that he has to clean up. Obviously, me being a little biased towards. Mayfield, I want to give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Um, he's had four head coaches 
four different play callers for him in the three years he's been in the NFL. Um, and, and being a young quarterback in the NFL and having, you know, different coaches in your ear telling you, uh, throw a slant this way, you know, uh, take, deal with pressure this way. And I, I think he's, he's heard it so many times that he's not exactly sure and he can get confused and it's going to take some time. But I think, and again, this is my own opinion, I, I feel that Mayfield will eventually become the franchise quarterback for the Browns. And I, and I think this is the year that he's just only going to continue to get better and get better um, and kind of put his doubters um, eventually you know, at ease and, and realize that he is the franchise guy. Yeah, I hope that they don't give up on him because I feel like that'll just be a mistake. You know, for Browns fans, it's always yeah. been the recycling quarterback. It's like, who's going to be the quarterback this year? And I hope that they give him the chance to grow. You know, like you said, he's had how many coaches now? Odell yeah. it hasn't been there that long. You have to get used to a receiver. You just don't develop chemistry overnight. I, I mean, Cleveland's obviously known for their, their quarterback turnover. Uh, Baker Mayfield was the first quarterback, and uh, I don't even know how many that had back-to-back seasons where he was the starting quarterback on the day. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean... It makes you a little nervous. Uh, you want to finally, we, we want to find that guy, and, and I feel like we've been patient with him at the quarterback. But we, that, that's one thing that is a little worrisome with the turnover of quarterbacks. Do you think Browns fans are impatient? Is that why they, you know, they expect to win? Um, it's it's uh, hard to call patient. I mean, we, we've been back. Uh, the Browns have been back uh, since '95, so there's 21 years, and they made the playoffs one time. Um, I, I think they're impatient at this point in time because they want a winner. They want a winner now. Uh, they've, they've waited 21 years. They've been in the post the one time um, in uh, in 2003, and uh, I just I think they're they're ready for a winner now. And saw with Freddie Kitchens, he lasted one season, and it, it was on to the next coach. Um, I don't think they're going to do that with Kevin Stefanski. I think Kevin Stefanski is going to have a little bit more stability. I think people understand uh, where the Browns are coming from at this point in time with their their coach. You can't just give a coach one year uh, and give up on him. But I think the aspect of where Freddie Kitchens was, Freddie Kitchens just was the guy. He didn't have a clue what he was doing playing offensive plays. Uh, he was never a head coach at any other level. Um, he was the offensive coordinator for eight games before they promoted him to be a head coach. I mean, it's crazy how he went up the, the rope. So I think with Kevin Stefanski as, as the head coach, I think he's going to bring some more stability to the team. And I, and I feel like that will help fans become more patient, giving Baker a little bit you know, more longer of a leash and letting him um, develop into that system that Stefanski puts in place. All right, since we're talking about Baker, do you think the Odell-Baker connection's fixed, or do you think it's a little too early to tell? I thought, you know, starting out that game with that beautiful 43-yard touchdown pass to him looked good. I was excited to yeah. see it. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's fixed, but... Um, I think it's it's something that's that's in the the process of, of being fixed. I mean, in my opinion, and this is purely my opinion, you're a Browns fan, so that's why I wanted you on. <laughs> uh, Odell, I, I feel like brings more drama than his upside is worth at times. He's been and, pretty and quiet though this year. He has been, uh, although, although even after the first game with the Ravens, uh, you know, taking it to the Browns. Um, you know, you, you start to hear rumblings and rumors of, of, of Odell uh, being traded again. And, and I really don't know how much you can't push, push that past his camp throwing that out there, that you know, teams are interested in getting Odell. And, 
Um, mainly because I feel like with Odell's last season with the Browns, his stock is trending down. He's just not, people don't see him as the, the playmaker he was when he was with New York because he's with a team right now that is a young team. Um, they're still learning to win. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, part of that is his camp wants to keep his stock up and they're going out there and telling people, Hey, listen, you know, uh, the Browns are looking to trade him and, and so to get teams interested, that's my own opinion. Um, I, I, I think Odell is, is a great talent. Um, and I, I think him and Baker will eventually, uh, hit a stride where they become, you know, a duo like, uh, you know, Brady and Edelman or, um, I mean, even going back to like Troy Aikman and, and Michael Irving. Uh, as long as they keep them, right? Absolutely, yeah. Well, and Odell still has, I, I believe, three years left on his contract. Uh, two or three years left on his contract, so um, they still have have time to to, to uh, you know make that connection. Um, I, I don't think, and this is just me again. I, I don't think the Browns will extend. I don't think Odell will want to stay in Cleveland after his contract is up. But that is that is completely just my own feeling. Okay, it's just your opinion right now. Yeah. For yeah, some I mean, reason, though, if the Browns say next year win a Super Bowl, he might change his mind. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, absolutely. But at the same time, Odell likes to be the center of attention. He wants to be uh, in a big market team, and, and Cleveland is not that big market team. Um, that's why you see so many people going to different. Uh, you know, the the Cleveland teams losing. Uh, big name free agents because they want to go out to a bigger market to make money um, with endorsements that you just can't get in, in, in Cleveland uh, franchises. Yeah, like probably New England. Yeah. So, um, you know, Nick Chubb carried the ball for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 85 yards and a touchdown. Do you think they could be the best running back duo in the league? I think hands down they are, um, and and that's that's past my my me being a Browns fan. I, I think that uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best one-two punch in the league. I, I do not think that there is anybody that is even close to that. Um, just watching the game on Thursday night uh, to me is like a preview of things to come, and they still haven't even. Uh, I mean, they were missing two starting offensive linemen with the Browns. And, and they were still able to do that. Uh, Jack Conklin was out with, with an injury uh, and, and still saw at the end of the game, especially, you know, Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, running those long runs at the end of the game. And then I feel like Chubb is a guy that's going to pound it up the middle and make that tackle. And the Cincinnati defense was just exhausted at the end of the game from time to tackle these guys. And I don't think there's another team that you can say has a one-two punch like that. Um, I, I think the closest comparison you can kind of give isn't even together anymore that would be with uh mark ingram and um uh alvin Kamara. uh i think those that that would be your closest comparison and like i said they're not even together anymore yeah they were they were really good together when they were at the saints um yeah because if you think about it they accounted for four of the touchdowns for the browns you know kareem hunt had the rushing and he had a receiving one because i think him catching the passes as well is just as dangerous yeah, I, I mean, and, and, the, and that's the thing that I think you pointed out that great is the fact that you have Chubb and Kareem Hunt who can both catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so when one's in there, you don't technically have that third down back. It can be interchangeable 
Uh, Nick Chubb can be down uh, out there on third downs. Kareem Hunt can be down out there on first downs. Uh, they're interchangeable, and uh, they're, they're just dangerous. Like you said, it's pretty much pick your poison um, with, with which back you put out there. But uh, And we haven't seen Stefanski put both of them out there at the same time right now. Um, but I think that's going to be coming in a package that they're going to put in, and you're going to see you know, Kareem Hunt uh, out there with uh, Nick Chubb. Um, at the same time, um, as a blocking, and they did that a couple times last year. Uh, but I, I think that's something that you're going to see eventually too, is both those backs out there at the same time. And then the defense is kind of, you know, they, they're not going to be able to sit there and be like, okay, well, they're not going to go out on a pass because he's more of a running back and, and, and so forth. And I uh, feel like it opens up things for the receivers. Yeah. Um, like obviously the Browns took the loss to the Ravens week one. But when they play week 14, you know, they have that Monday night game. What do you expect from it? Do you think they'll win? I mean, obviously, the way the Browns played against the Bengals, if they play like that, do you think they could beat the Ravens? Um, I, I think that's, that's something that I would I, I'd almost have to wait and see. Um, I get really excited as a Browns fan whenever we win a game, uh, whether it's uh, against a, a team that is winless or it's a team that's, you know, vying for a playoff spot. Um, the the I'm truly excited that they beat Cincinnati because I, I after the Ravens game I, ha- I had my doubts a little bit um, that would beat a, a Bengals team for lack of a better word was not good last year, but they do have you know as we had talked before they do have Joe Burrows and and Joe Burrows is gonna be a great quarterback in his first week against the Chargers I mean he technically got that got the win there if they hadn't called the offensive interference uh, against A.J. Green in the end zone. Yeah, um, I and, uh, you know, I was actually kind of surprised they called that, but, I mean, he did push off a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that depends who you ask, um, if that was a, was a penalty or not, because I, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, obviously, uh, my team in the AFC North is, like we had said, is the Browns, so <laughs> I'm, I'm never cheering, really cheering for uh, any of the other teams in the AFC North, but I, I was you know, very surprised to see, and he made it such an interesting game to drive his team down at a, a critical time in the game like that, and you know, get them in the end zone, and you know, all for naught. And then obviously, you know, it goes without saying that they try to kick the field goal, and uh, Randy Bullock gets the cramp in his leg, misses the, the extra point, and you know, and Joe, Joe Burrows is now zero two in his NFL career. Yes, that's why kickers are so important. Kickers are like the most underrated player. You don't have a solid kicker on your team. It's awful. Like, no, Justin Tucker, he deserves all the money in the world. Yeah, they they can be the they could be the hero or the goat, uh, depending on on one play. Uh, you know, they they can win the game with one kick, and they could <laughs> lose all the confidence in the world with with one miss. So, uh, I, I completely agree that the the kickers are the most underrated part of the team. So we're gonna do like a little quick, fun, you know, Sunday game day preview here. I'm going to pick a few games that I circled that I think are going to be good games this weekend. So we got Falcons at Cowboys. Who are you taking to win? Um, I like like the the Cowboys to win, but I think this is going to be a close game. Um, The Cowboys have CeeDee Lamb, who I I think is going to be an amazing receiver. Um, He was targeted the most, I believe, on his team even – Cooper in their first Sunday night game and he's he seems like he's going to be a very exciting rookie to watch 
on the other end of the spectrum, though, Atlanta kind of gives rebirth to Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, I feel like the last couple years uh, with uh, the Rams, he just kind of has um, his load had lessened, obviously, last year. Uh, and I feel like he didn't have a breakout game his first game uh, with um, with Atlanta, but I feel like it's it's coming. Um, he seems kind of like he's, I don't want to say reborn, but it's like he has new legs. Uh, he's a little bit refreshed, and I, and I feel like he's going to have a good game. I do feel like the Cowboys will come out on top, though. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will win that game. They're at home. You know, they should take the W. So they we, take Bowen, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay, we got the Carolina Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who you taking? Do you go against Brady two games in a row? I do. I, I tend to agree with you on that. I, I, I think that... Uh, I think in this case, Carolina is going to get the best of of uh, Tom Brady, and, and I think they'll take it to him. Um, I don't even think it'll be a close game, um, so I, I would take Carolina to beat the Buccaneers. All right, we we agree on both games so far. <laughs> All right, next game we got Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs and Chargers. I I I have to say that I think Kansas City is going to have an easy week uh, against the Chargers. Um, I really like Tyrod Taylor as the Chargers quarterback. I, let me rephrase that. I really, <laughs> I really like Tyrod Taylor, and I think he's a hard worker, but I do not believe he is a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. Um, he is a more run-oriented quarterback than he has passed, um, and I, I just kind of feel at this point in time he's not the uh, best person for the job uh, with the Chargers. Um, I mean, Keenan Allen just signed a big deal be the number one receiver there and did not have a really great week last week against Cincinnati and Cincinnati in, in, should have won that game in, in my opinion um, and so I, I would have to say Kansas City after they're showing against the Ray uh, I'm sorry against the Texans in the first week uh, I think they'll easily take the charge yeah I think they have a easy game I think they're gonna roll them hopefully Patrick Mahomes can't go against them can't I have him in fantasy so I hope he has a big game <laughs> So we got the Ravens and Texans. Who are you taking? Ravens and Texans. Uh, it's gonna be a tough game. Uh, my my heart says, <laughs> my brain says the Ravens. My heart says the Texans. I, I think the Ravens are going to be the team to beat um, this year. Um, I, I I'd love to see a matchup of them in Kansas City, um, but I think right now I think the Ravens have too much firepower for the Texans to deal with. Uh, I do like Deshaun Watson as quarterback with the Texans, um, and uh, and obviously the Texans giving up uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I think, hurt them a little bit. Uh, Brandon Cooks hasn't really came into his own yet. Uh, hopefully, you know, that can change. Um, so I, as much as I'd like to see the Texans win, I, I think the Ravens will beat the Texans. All right, I'm actually going to go with the Texans. I think they have a bounce-back week. It could, they could be. They could, it could very well be. I hope they play better because without DeAndre Hopkins there last week, they did not look good. No, I mean, obviously your top receiver with the Texans is, is Will Fuller. Um, you know, when Will Fuller has a good game, Will Fuller has a good game. He was targeted the most uh, out of anybody, uh, out of any of the other receivers uh, on the Texans. Um, but, I mean, it was like Brandon Cooks was, was gone. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't see the stats on him. I know he had, I think, he had like two catches for 20 yards. It wasn't a lot. All right. So the next game, Patriots, Seahawks. Patriots and Seahawks. I, I find it very interesting that um, 
Cam Newton uh, is is the quarterback of the Patriots. It's like just like a, a, a it's a twilight zone. Crazy to my mind to think of another quarterback that isn't Tom Brady that's you know under center with the Patriots. It's, it's a different time. Um, but I think I'm going to take the Seahawks in this game. Uh, I think the Seahawks are going to uh, upset the uh, Patriots here, and uh, I believe uh, Russell Wilson will have a game plan and um, he'll go into. Uh, are they? Uh, you know, are they playing at Foxborough? They are playing at Seattle. Oh, they're playing in Seattle. So I, I, I do think that Russell Wilson, especially you know being home, will be able to beat uh, the Patriots. Um, and I, I think it'll be a close game, but I think Seattle will win. Yeah, I just think Russell Wilson looked amazing last week. I don't think he gets enough credit in the league. I think he always gets overlooked for some reason. Everyone always talks about how good he is. I still think he's underrated. Yeah, um, I, I, I tend to agree with you in that. Uh, I don't think many people um, give him the credit that's due um, with with the teams that he's had and, and the the ability that he has to take them almost consistently. Uh, you know, year, every year going to the playoffs. Um, I, I, he, I just think he, like you said, he's another really quarterback in the league. Yeah, I mean, he threw last week for 322 yards and had four touchdowns, and he was 31 to 35. I mean, he almost had a perfect game. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys that's going to manage the ball very well. Uh, he's not going to throw the uh, the critical interception. He's going to take care of the ball, um, and he's, he's obviously he's the guy that you want to understand if, if uh, you're in a tight game and you need that late drive. Yeah, and last game. I wasn't going to do it, but, you know, since I'm a Steelers fan, Steelers and Broncos. Steelers and Broncos. That's a tough one. But I, I, I think I think Pittsburgh is uh, is going to have a good team this year. I, I think their uh, defense is amazing. They didn't lose a lot. <laughs> they, they didn't lose a lot on defense. So I, I think that they're, you know, they're they're pretty good. I, I will say um, I think that they're they're getting older. Very um, veteran defense, which, uh, you know, you have Joe Hayden out there um, that, well, he's not, you know, in his last season, he's probably getting up there. And then, I mean, obviously the only, the only real besides Devin Bush and uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, they're mostly veteran guys out there. And TJ Waddle through there too is those, those are some young guys. Um, yeah. But Bud, Bud Dupree, he's, he's a, he's a beast. Um, and then on the, side of the ball, the biggest question mark is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. Um, can he stay healthy? Is his connection with Juju Smith-Schuster going to be better? Uh, is Deontay Johnson going to continue to, to flourish uh, in the offense and, and, and develop more as a receiver, become number two, the number two receiver? Um, so there's a lot of question marks, but I, I think overall their, their uh, ability to um, have one of the top defenses in the league is, is going to propel them to win this game against the Broncos. Oh, I agree. I obviously won't go against the Steelers. So. <laughs> That's understandable. I think they have a big week, and um, especially after what they did to Saquon. They, you know, He had six yards rushing, I believe, and I think that they will be able to stop the run. Yeah, I, I mean, they, that defensive line, they did hold Saquon Barkley. I think it was in the third quarter. He still had negative yards uh, rushing. So, I, I mean, that is incredible after the the seasons the last two seasons that Saquon's had to uh, you know for the Steelers to stop him for would you say 11 yards that's I think just, it was six I think he had six yards six. yeah I think that's yeah, what it was it, it, I, I know it wasn't it wasn't real great yeah I had a few people um you know kind of message me recently and say 
you know, I thought you used to be a Browns fan. You know, <laughs> why, why do I, all I hear is about the Steelers. And it's like, yeah, I did used to be a Browns fan, but, you know, I, I, after the whole Johnny Menzel thing, I kind of jump ship. And I think a lot of people th- thought like, oh, well, you only like the team because that's your husband's team. But <laughs> I mean, it was mainly because, you know, I had my love for Antonio Brown. Yeah. He was my favorite player. I loved Le'Veon. And then when they drafted Juju Smith-Schuster in 2017, that was it for me. I, you know, I followed him in the draft. I loved him as a player. And when they took him, I was like, you know what? I'm all in. And I just yeah, like what I, the Steelers represent. I like their organization. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you on a lot of your points. Uh, they're, they're very valid. Um, the, the Steelers do have one of the best organizations. Um, a lot of stability with the head coaches. I mean, from Bill Cowher to, uh, or from Chuck Knoll to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin now, uh, you know, three coaches in, in you know, 40 years is, is phenomenal. Um, so that's, that, that, that's pretty crazy. And uh, the, the other props I do have to give you is the fact that you did, you did change to the other side to the Steelers, but you still do give the Browns love. And obviously, Oh, you know, and that, I, that, I, I like Baker cool. Mayfield. I, I like him. I root for him every week. I mean, obviously, if they play the Steelers, I'm not going to root for them. But when they're <laughs> not playing the Steelers, I root for them. No, that is that is completely understandable. I'm, I, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, my fiance obviously, is a big Steelers fan. So um, I, I, I try to be encouraging um, while also trying to keep my uh, sanity with my own team. So. Yeah, I just the whole Johnny Menzel thing just that was that was enough for me. Yeah, the organization's been kind of in an uproar for the past, you know, a lot of uh, turnover, uh, both in the as the head, you know, coaches and in the front office. So um, can't can't really win when you don't have the stability. There. No, but yeah, I'm happy you understand. Some people are still not understanding. Uh, it's, it's 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 hard. It's a hard thing to understand. And you know what else too? Fantasy football makes you like players and you root for them every week, and you develop like, oh, I like this guy, so you start rooting for that team. I mean, at least I do. I don't know if other people do that, but like Dak Prescott, I, I, I like Dak Prescott a lot. I root for the Cowboys because I like Dak Prescott so much. Yeah, I I, I tend to to do the same thing, and that that's a lot of times uh, it hurts me in fantasy football because I. I will sit there and, and take players just because I like them. Um, oh, so you do that too. I take, like, every year I yeah. try to take the same players. I get a lot of the same players. Uh, and if I get a player that I really like, that I wanted, you know, I, I tend to, I can I can trade the farm just to get that one guy. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being on, though. No, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, people, more people need to listen to you because you, you bring a lot of the uh, – a lot of the fun parts of uh, the NFL. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts and have a good night, everyone.